Welcome to The Secret Ingredient, a show on air on CFRU, 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca online. We talk about art and ideas and those invisible elements of art that make it powerful and meaningful for communities. Um, I'm Danika Evering. I'm Alyssa Firth-Eagland. And we are thrilled to be on air with you today. We are going to be talking a little bit, well, a lot of it. About the <laughs> Ben Cheech Youth Council in Rijeka. This is a recent initiative that sprang out of Althea Thabriker's video piece, Porizmimo Ben Cheech. And the council is now a group of, I think it's about 20 young people and growing fast uh, in Rijeka, led by Natalie Bozic and Ivana Golub. And they are a group of individuals who are learning a lot about the culture and history of the city and debating the art and culture. So we're really excited to bring you some updates and analyses of that. And then we're also going to, we're very excited about talking in a little bit more of an abstract sense about youth and cities and how they can intersect. The power of the kids. That's right. (laughs) <laughs> They're going to take over the world. Let's hope so. Yeah, for sure. Um, so do you want to start off with a song, Alyssa? What do you think? Or should we just dive right in? Let's dive right in. Okay. So we thought we'd play you a little bit of sound from uh, Porzmio Benchich to start you off. Um, this Alyssa recorded this music, or it's it it's sort of like, more like atmos- it's it's kind of atmospheric. This is a recording of kids, uh, Croatian children playing in an mm. abandoned uh, factory that has been used for many things over the decades and centuries. Uh, it was built during the Austro-Hungarian Empire and has been um, a factory for making t- uh, cigarettes. Uh, torpedo parts, um, ship parts. Um, it's been a sugar refinery. And the space has gone silent after the, the war in the 90s. And the city has struggled and wondered what to do with it over the past few decades. Uh, and it's slated to become a cultural site. Uh, there's no development on that for the moment. And I think a lot of locals are wondering what the plan is. When Althea Thauberger, the Canadian artist, uh, visited Rijeka, she decided to take that theme of um, displaced culture and culture without a home and turn it into something real by creating a film with 70 children in this space. So this is a clip of these kids kind of getting ready for their shoot, actually. So you just hear them kind of goofing off and being themselves. And I think it's really, I remember she talked a little bit in her lecture, which we should play on air, actually, uh, her lecture in July, about the the intersections between play and work and how the kids, when they're, even when they're playing, have this element of, like, processing and learning and... Sweating. Sweating. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. <laughs> Say that with a bit more vehemence. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh, this is a little clip of of the children playing in Prismium in 
Bencic. Danica, you were actually uh, in Rijeka a couple of months ago, mm-hmm. and you met with the Benchich Youth Council uh, to to talk with them about their work and to help launch the council for the first time, which will uh, hopefully even have some impact into public policy in Rijeka. Can you tell us about your visit? Yes, I can a little bit. So um, I was there in July, so this was for the first m- convening moment after the Prize Mimo Benchich project for the the youth. And so we had a summer school that let them interact with a bunch of the different institutions in the museum. And in a way, it was a way for the youth to get used to being in the institutions, but also to see how the institutions would respond to the youth. (laughs) And and that was an interesting process because everyone has their own way of, uh, they, I think we have these preconceived notions of how you approach youth and children. And um, sometimes it's not necessarily, there's not necessarily a fit with the kids. And sometimes there's a really great fit with the kids. So that was really lovely to see. And so, um, the first session of the council took as its focus uh, the Croatian railway system, um, partially because uh, Na- Nadia Mustapic and Tony Mistrovic are using that as their starting point to um, mm-hmm. explore a project, Hello Rijeka, Goodbye Rijeka, which we'll talk about later in the show yeah. in November or it's December, a, I'm sure. separate separate project that's happening in Rijeka, but which uh, is being used as an educational and pedagogical turning point for the kids to speak with living artists about their yes, work. Yes, it's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. So um, the the youth learned a lot about um, 
about the rail system through a couple of different lenses. So through a, an in, industrial lens, a historic lens, and then a, they they like the word romantic lens. So it's a, a kind of a, a cultural um, lens. So uh, the rail system in in art and literature. Um, and so the over this time they they learned a lot about culture and then they also created culture so they were building these beautiful scrapbooks of their experiences as they learned through the 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 project um and so when i was there i did a couple of interviews with the the youth as well and and asked them a little bit about how they they we asked I asked them about the the project in Benchich and and how they perceived it and um, we also asked them they've the city has recently um, is is of course as you know planning the uh, the Benchich site as some uh, a site for um, possible development so the inclusion of a library and a museum and um, now recently after the Poisonum Benchich project they're looking at a youth center in the center of the the complex which is an incredible development mm-hmm. so that this youth center would be influenced by all of the institutions around it and that there'd be a house kind of for um, for people to, for learning and for um, stuff like that. So we asked them a bit about that too and how they saw their role in that. Oh, that's cool. So the idea is that um, the youth center will influence the institutions that are in Poismio Benchich and, and vice versa, that they'll have, uh, exactly. it'll be like a cultural ecology that includes kids at the very heart of it. That's it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and includes <laughs> those voices as well. I think often we, um, I think a lot of youth-oriented programs look at what you can do for kids and don't often think about what kids can do for you. And so I think it was really, I, that's mm. a, a critical kind of shift is that this this youth house is envisioned as a both ways sort of thing that we can, there are, that the voices of youth are as important. Do There's, you have a quote there? Well, I don't, I'm just uh, pulling out a book here. You can <laughs> hear me flipping through pages. Um, it's called Utopia Towards a New Toronto, and it, it's a book that um, actually includes a really lovely text by Darren O'Donnell, who's the founder of Mammalian Diving Reflex, a theatre company in Toronto. And uh, the text is called Toronto the Teenager, Why We Need a Children's Council. Uh, and he says those who work on boards of directors, whether it's within a community organization, a not-for-profit, or a money-making concern, they can recruit youth to serve and participate in a decision-making capacity, even develop some structure that protects the kids from fiduciary responsibility. It will probably benefit the work you do, forcing meetings to stay on point with enough distillation of information to keep the attention of a Mm 14-year-old. Serving on boards could also be included in the education curriculum and would count towards credits. But most importantly, kids would be serving on boards because their contribution will make the world a better place, if only for the duration of the meeting where that will force a brevity and focus into the proceedings. I think that's so interesting. I mean, the basic uh, premise for his suggestion is that we may not be particularly efficient as adults and the way that uh, we could actually communicate our ideas to children might be a better way to to communicate to each other. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely. Well, and that's a really interesting proposition, too, is that even though we can't, our legal system doesn't allow for youth to be involved at a governmental level yet, that we as institutions and organizations and even like collectives can look at incorporating younger voices on our our boards and committees in some sort of like an actual decision making capacity that's not merely that like, what do you want to see in your children's programs? Mm -hmm. But what do you want to see with this institution? What do you want to see? in this town what would what like you can be involved at that level well and it's i guess it's supposed supposedly threatening in a way to hear from kids that they feel like we need clean water and fresh air and good educational systems of course they understand that so Mm -hmm. um yeah yeah let's hear what they had to say i'm really curious and you're gonna do some translation for us yeah yeah so um Natalie and Ivana have sent me the translation of what this is, but I think it's really it's important to hear their voices as well. So here's uh, a couple of the responses to the first question I asked, which is what what they hope to see in Benchich in the future. So that was a, the response to the first question about Benchich. And so um, I'm just going to translate a little bit. Do you want to read some too? Go ahead. Okay. <coughs> so um, Lorena um, said... I think that some sh- something should happen there. It does not have to be anything special. But, for example, a library or some big gym hall for children where these kinds of workshops and summer schools could happen in. And then Anna says, well, I imagine that in Benchich there should be, like Lorena said, big libraries and maybe even some kind of school, maybe something like that. It is a huge space and it should be well used. And then Dora Dora has these really like great like she she sums it up in a really beautiful way in one line and she has done this for both the <laughs> interviews and for the or for this question and for the secret ingredient question so she's like a place where it is possible to work like, mm-hmm. I love that that it's it's a space for working an open space where your your what you do there is work and it's mm-hmm. not it's not just playing um, so and then I thought I might read the other question to you yeah, just, just great now. Idea. So um, Natalie asked them about the told them about the plans for the youth center and um, for the for the central building in Benchich. Um And then they said Anna said it was we were making a film for a long time and nonstop we were talking about how we are going to save Benchich, how we are going to beautify it and how it'll become something. And now when I hear that one of the buildings will actually become something, that is really cool. And then Lorena had this lovely insight. She says, I like that because children have chosen that. And because it is happening, maybe even for the first time, that something is happening because children have chosen it and that children were asked about it first and that grown-ups listened. Hmm. That's really great. Um, so I think that will be 
a good a good starting point. Um, it's really great to hear their their thoughts and opinions about this. That um, yeah, that youth can can make a difference, and it and it it's both that the youth are having a a solid opinion um, that something should happen and a focus, but also that the the, the grown ups are listening. Yeah, I think you're you're perfectly right about this. I can't agree with you more. And and what's uh, the phrase that's really stuck with me is that children have chosen it. It's their it's their conceptualization and their idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you had brought in a couple of amazing bands that were formed during yeah. pe- during the youth during. years of <laughs> a few key people. And I wondered if um, we should listen to some of that. We should. Um, is any of it queued up? No, but I can do it really quickly. I can, and while I'm talking about it, the Lonely Parade is this band from Peterborough, and I learned it be- about it because Jenny Mitchell came back from the Peterborough Folk Festival and was like raving, raving, raving about it. Um, and they're this incredible three-piece band. I think they're fourteen or fifteen, um, and they have this song that I'm trying to find about life. <laughs> Um, Pinball Sessions actually has a really great new website that has mm-hmm. a bunch of music on it. Um, and they're on there too. Sorry, everyone. Maybe we should play something else. Maybe we should play the Bar Mitzvah Brothers. Yeah. While we care. Okay. So this is from their 2011 album. Not when they were youth. I tried to find an early one. This is a song called Little Sister. They were, they're a Guelph-based band who has who formed, I think, when they were like 13 and 15 years old. You were around before me And you probably don't remember back then But there are important things that a brother can do For a little sister who's coming out soon You can learn to walk, to climb the steps To places that I can't go yet You can learn to talk, to tell me things About all the fun that being older brings And I could be a little sister for you Oh, 
And you probably won't remember back then But there are important things that a brother will do For a little sister who's coming out soon A little ditty from the Bar Mitzvah Brothers, um, Jordy Gordon, Evan Gordon, Jenny Mitchell. Um, you're listening to The Secret Ingredient on 93.3 FM, CFRU.ca online, and uh, we're talking about youth and the political power of youth and how youth can intersect with art. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was reading a book last night, uh, another book called Whole Child Education, which is written by John P. Miller, and it was published by the U of T Press uh, in 2010. And it was actually funded by the Ontario Arts Council and the Canada Council for the Arts. Um, oh. To my surprise, I, I mm-hmm. just, you know, I was preparing for the show, kind of wandering around in the library, looking for different books and thinking, um, okay, well, maybe education of children could be an interesting uh place to go. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked to find this book published and, and written so close to home and supported by the arts councils. Um, it talks a lot about various levels of education. So uh, what they call transmissive or transmission-based education, which is based on this idea of mastering school subjects with a focus on content and memorization, mm-hmm. often reading, writing, and basic math skills. And then uh, the sort of deeper level of um, Transaction-based learning, which is about problem-solving, so developing skills of inquiry, investigation, uh, gathering information, and critical thinking. And I was saying to you this morning that I think this is probably how I was educated. I remember, um, of course, the first part as well, but this, the the second level of um, of analyzing being a big part of uh, of our learning when we were growing up. And then the the third level, which I think is really interesting, is transformative. Uh, education. And the aim of transformative teaching is to include wisdom, compassion, and a sense of purpose of one's life Mm. in the educational process itself, Um, which, yeah, it really struck uh, struck me um, because it uh, it seems to have this idea that everything is connected as the basis for, uh, well, let's say the the underpinning for the learning so that... um, a shifting the idea towards the whole needs to be a big part of mm. um, needs to be a big part of educational processes. Do you have any thoughts about how you were educated as a because you were oh, homeschooled, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and probably so, the third style. I would. I yeah, was I would agree. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a, and a lot of the kind of learning that we did was this kind of holistic learning. So we did some textbook work, but a lot of it was discursive, like. Um, the learning would evolve through long conversations about politics and history and and even like science and math um, and why things are the way they are. Um, yeah, I I really I really appreciate this kind of this whole learning style because I think it I think it allows for instead of it, it allows for some agency as a youth mm-hmm. or as a student mm-hmm. in that kind of arrangement because you can instead of kind of being told the way it is you can ask questions of why is it the way it is and postulate things and um it can be a a lot more interact there's a lot more interaction it's about a relationship building instead of a just kind of a top-down approach 
There was so, somewhere, I can't find it right now, but somewhere in this, this first chapter that we were just discussing that where the learning style gets called cosmic curriculum. And I, hmm. I was thinking that there's something quite quite holistic about thinking of yourself as a child of the universe um, or a child of the earth. Wow. I don't know. I love that. <laughs> Can I read a little example? Please, so, I love that. Um, this is a teaching style called Roots of Empathy, and it was a unique program developed by Mary Garden in 2005 for elementary school children, which involves bringing a mother and her baby into mm. a classroom for a whole year. It's called Roots of Empathy, and I'm sure if you Google it, it'll be something you can find online. But I'm going to just read a quick passage here of an account and an example of how it's reached some of the most challenging students. So Darren was the oldest child I ever saw in a Roots of Empathy class. He was in grade eight and had been held back twice, Mm. two years older than everyone else, already starting to grow a beard. I knew his story. His mother had been murdered in front of his eyes when he was four years old, and he'd lived in a succession of foster homes. He looked menacing because he wanted us to know he was tough. His head was shaved except for a ponytail at the top, and he had a tattoo on the back of his head. The instructor of the Roots of Empathy program was explaining to the class about the difference in temperament that day. She invited the young mother who was visiting the class with Evan, her six-month-old baby, to share her thoughts about the baby's temperament. Hmm. Joining in the discussion, her mother told the class how Evan liked to face outward when he was in the snuggly and didn't want to cuddle into her, how she would have preferred to have had a more cuddly baby. (laughs) As the class ended... The mother asked if anyone wanted to try on the snuggly, which was green and trimmed with pink brocade. To everyone's surprise, Darren offered to try it. And as other students scrambled to get ready for lunch, he strapped it on. Then he asked if he could put Evan in. The mother was a little apprehensive, but she handed him the baby and he put Evan in, facing towards his chest. That wise little baby snuggled right in and Darren took him into a quiet corner and rocked back and forth with the baby in his arms. Finally, he came back to where the mother and the Roots of Empathy instructor were waiting, and he asked if <laughs> he asked if nobody has ever loved you. Do you think you could still be a good father? Oh my God! I couldn't um, really express that last sentence so well, but basically, the the what moved me so much about this passage was the wisdom of the baby mm-hmm. and how. How much we forget to learn from people of various generations. We, as adults, we don't spend a lot of time with kids. Yeah. That's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's so much to be learned. Well, and and from recognizing different different modalities outside of the ones that we we regularly discourse in. So um, recognizing that there is some some there is a a really great power in that empathy of of even turning one's body into mm-hmm. into another person like that's that's incredibly powerful and wise too um yeah it's really or or that um darren uh sorry i i really do love this article a yeah, lot and it resonated is, a lot with me um you're going back to toronto the teenager sorry which yes. quoted earlier thank you <laughs> Let's describe that for the viewer, the listeners, um, because I, I, as a, a youth, I remember feeling really frustrated because I, I really wanted to be involved politically, and we were involved politically. My brother and I both went to all candidates meetings and um, asked questions, and mm-hmm. we were like six and eight, and we're, um, that was when the the teacher strike was going on in Ontario. It was the really oppressive Mike Harris years, and I felt very involved and. And informed as a 
as a kid and felt really frustrated when mm-hmm. I wasn't able to vote and um, that my opinions and thoughts weren't recognized on any level outside of the home in a way. So um, this this article really struck home in that he he talks about both treating kids like they have agency, but also letting them be like kids. So like he talks about the right to candy and stuff mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think it recognizing that wisdom is important. Uh, shall we play a song or is it time for the... I think it's time for the corkboard. So we have a really exciting week for you this week. If you have been living under a rock, you might not know (laughs) that it is the silence relaunch. So um, this is going to be happening over three nights, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Um, The doors are at 8, and it goes until relatively early. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm sure that it'll be a fantastic evening, so don't miss these. The cover is eight dollars sorry ten dollars and the first night is thursday uh featuring fetnat and es- eschaton we we figured it's eschaton the last time we thought it might be called Escaton. <laughs> <laughs> all right second night uh esther gray matt brubeck and parmela is that supposed parmela to be Adderwala. okay parmela at Atawaril- oh my god Atarawala. Atarawala. Mm-hmm. Jeff Diggins and Jeff Bird. And that's the Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, also $10, doors at 8. The last night and last chance to celebrate the relaunch of Silence <laughs> will feature Petra Glint, Squeezy C, Matt Adam, and Allison Cameron. Also doors at 8 and covers $10. So we will be there and we hope to see you as well. Mm-hmm. And if your early evenings are looking a little bit... Um, if they couldn't already be full of amazing music. P.S. Guelph is also hosting events every night at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So on Thursday night, we have a badge making. We decided that buttons are are passe and that we, we want to... Everybody's got a, everybody's everybody's got a, got button. a button maker. So we've got a couple of sizes of the amazing Chevron logo. Like Chevron, our, our logo is a Chevron. So... Um, We've got some of those to make up some PS, either like lapel, lapel chevrons or one for your, your jean jacket. Um, so that'll be on Thursday at 7. And if anyone's interested in volunteering for PS Guelph, um, this is a really great opportunity to come out and meet the staff, the team, and uh, make a book yourself, learn to make a book yourself so that you can man the ship on on Saturdays. Um, on Friday night, we're hosting a cold reading session of Improvising Freely, our latest book out from PS Guelph only on September 5th. It's uh, by Lee Kuan Nin, a French improviser, and it's been translated by Karen Houle, and it takes the form of an ABC book of improvisation, but it's really beautiful and poetic and has some really lovely insights, not only on improvisation, but also on living and being a person. And then on <laughs> Saturday, it does. yeah, it does um, I don't, I don't joke. We do, but I don't. And then on uh, <laughs> Saturday night, we're hosting a um, sip and flip, which takes the ca- cast off ends of our books and repurposes them into amazing flip books. And our collection already includes some incredible entries by local favorites like Gregory Pepper and Jillian Wilson. And we're really hoping that because Petra Glint is playing Saturday night that Alexandra McKenzie might add something to our flip book library. We'll see. 
um, <laughs> I have like two more little events for you this weekend. Let's just, hear it. just in case. Um, on Thursday night, Fortnite is turning seven. So Spencer has put together some early favorites from Fortnite series and some more recent ones. Okay, do you want to go to a one-year-old's birthday party or a seven-year-old's <laughs> birthday party? That's right. Tough choices. I know. It's a, it's a hard hard choice. Um, do you there have, might can, be do a you little have to bit, choose or can you go to both? You could go to both, actually, because okay. um, Sun Parlor... Uh, the, some play, probably players, Alana Gurr and Your Neck of the Woods, start at 10. So oh. it's a later show. So you could, if you were ambitious, start at PS Guelph, head over to Silence, and then head to um, Fortnite for the mm. last show. $10 at the door, and it's at the E bar. And then on Saturday, earlier in the evening than the events at PS Guelph, the uh, Royal Cat Records is hosting a cassette store day with a show from. Tyson and brick walls at five o'clock. Super, so, lots, 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 lots going on in Guelph this week. We've been talking about how kids are going to rule the world one day if only we would let them. That's right. Um, one of the things that a lot of folks have been mentioning in various texts that we've both been reading is that uh, the way that we first relate to children is as capitalists. So, uh, although they're not allowed to vote based on the the thin argument that they do not pay taxes. They do pay taxes on various trinkets and chocolate bars that they get at the I store. I paid tax on a troll. That was my first. <laughs> what color hair did it have? Purple. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. um, well, we think that's that whole non-being able to vote thing because you don't pay taxes thing is very silly. But we, more importantly, we think it's very, very problematic to relate to people based on a consumerist model. And we're trying to think through how this could happen in other ways. How could we relate to each other beyond some kind of economic gain? Hmm. I think it's about um, relating as people, and there's um, some really good writing. We, I, I know it's kind of gauche to have two articles by the same author in one uh, one is radio. It? Is it? Or I don't is know. it well researched? Maybe that's it. We went really in depth. So, um, <laughs> Darren O'Donnell, the kind of He's the artistic director of yes, Mammalian founder Dabby, and like, artistic director. Mm -hmm, has written an article on the Torontonians, and the Torontonians are the youth branch of Mammalian Diving Reflex, and they're a great inspiration for us at the Benchich Youth Council because they um, they have this whole idea of a succession plan um, planned out so that when Mammalian is old and toothless that the Torontonians will come and I think Darren says to feed them a mashed banana or two um, <laughs> but take over like the Toronto art scene really and so yeah. they're really actively cultivating um, youth as artistic practitioners instead of merely as kind of like providing programming for children that there this is an act of of uh, making networks for youth and for making um connections and for providing them with the experience they need so that uh, some of the youth who are involved with them at the age of nine are now 17 and 18 and getting starting to get jobs in uh, in arts positions and so I, I he talks in this book in this article a lot about um, how the relationships are really an important element of working with youth. And I think that kind of has a twofold element of both um, 
letting I think it's like letting letting youth be youth in a way and recognizing that people are actual individuals instead of mm. a kind of a community but that it's also um a relationship recognizes that something is not transactional that it's not a capitalist structure or interacting even within a democratic structure but rather that you're you relationships allow in some sense even though we do associate that this is my mother and this is my coworker and this is my um the person that I buy coffee from and that these are the structures but that a relationship is a way to get away from that that kind of binary relationship into something that's a little bit more complex and tied up in emotion and individuality instead of a system. Was there a quote you were going to read? Um, I can't find it. Oh, okay. So. Um, the the quote that I wanted to read. Okay, you read. <laughs> is it's it's really simple. Um, he talks about how the the Torontonians are regularly called upon to make exper- make appearances as guest speakers in classes at U of T, York University, the mm-hmm. Met- Metcalf Foundation's board retreat, and are increasingly sought after for projects in collaboration with ga- galleries and hotels and mm-hmm. in, in the arts scene in Toronto. Um, in many instances, any tendencies towards feelings of warm altruism on the part of the institutions are quickly dispersed when the young pr- people prove to be hilarious and riveting. The hosts hopefully realizing to the degree to which they are, in fact, the benefactors. This should be pointed out is not because these particularly young people are unique or gifted in any way, but because they're permitted Mm -hmm. to be themselves. That's great. So it's a mutual kind of mentorship um, that it's not about teaching to or or mentoring to, but the give and take that happens in a in a bit of a relationship that mm-hmm. goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. I found the quote. If let's if hear it. it. So it says, "If the principle of friendship operates between the staff of community organizations and their partners, there is the potential that decisions will not be made strictly on the narrow liberal notion of the homo economicus, propelled primarily by self interest." So that idea that when you get away from a, a strict organizational viewpoint, then you can start to have a, a relationship outside of that economic structure. Do you want to play a song? I do. Can you hear me typing in the yeah. background? Okay. Um, <laughs> what I've heard is, and what I would like to play is this. Kiss. Great Kiss. Expectations. Because it has a child, it has a children's choir singing in it, and I think that. Did you sing as a kid, Alyssa? Yes, a little bit, a little bit, yeah. And all right, here we go. Playing 
album Destroyer by Kiss. Uh, this is Great Expectations. And the reason we chose this um, <laughs> to play for you early in the morning on Wednesday <laughs> is because uh, there's a children's choir featured in that song and also featured in their live performance in 2003 in Australia in Melbourne, which is, I, I wish I could have seen that. That would have been amazing. <laughs> but you can check it out on YouTube if you like. Um this brings me to the question, I, I suppose, how kids are used within society to promote, to entertain, to um, to hold up certain values, to represent certain uh, approaches. And uh, I wonder, I hope that it's not just a feel-good effect. Mm. Um, well, there's a, the kind of dual forces of hope and innocence in a way, right? Like there's, and I think the innocence is a projected one, but hope is definitely they're they're the people who will be inheriting our organizations in Mm -hmm. a way that's right yeah Yeah, so we have great expectations for for kids in the future yes (laughs) nicely done so um we uh speaking of expectations and and analysis and greatness and greatness um we asked the bench youth council on their thoughts on the secret ingredient in art um and so I'm going to, again, play a clip of what 
what their responses were. You get a little, uh, it's a bit of a longer clip, but I'll let it play. It gives you a textural sense of each one of their voices and some of the responses. So. Jako dugo smo radili film da. i nonstop smo pričali o tome kako ćemo spasiti Benčić, kako ćemo ga uljepšiti, kako će to nešto postati. I sada kada čujem da će jedan od tih objekta postati nešto, to je stvarno cool. Meni, meni I... se to sviđa zato što uh, su to izabrala djeca i zato što je to prvi put možda da se nešto radi, a da su to odabrala djeca i da se prvo pitalo djecu, a onda odrasle. Bolje. <laughs> pa i ovo željeznicom sigurno će neke potaknuti da, da vide da je željeznica neko vrijedno mjesto koje se treba čuvati zato što je to jako dugo već ovdje u Rijeci i drugdje i da je to vrlo bitno i da se treba obnavljati čuvati. Pa kod djece bi bilo prijateljstvo da jedni drugima pomažu i da se slažu i da se lijepo igraju. Moj sastojak je slušati što mi se kaže i onda ako, ako nemam ništa što mi se kaže da onda ja improviziram. Pa onda tako. Što je tvoj tajni sastojak? Ljubav. Ljubav? Prema tomu što, Prema tome što radiš. So the name of the show is The Secret Ingredient. Um, and we asked them what they thought the, the secret ingredient in art is. Um, so Anna says that it's um, enthusiasm and happiness and that you're doing it with love and fun, not because you're forced to do it. And I think that's, that's it. really important. Yeah. <laughs> And then Lorena says, I think it is freedom, because anything we do is not wrong or true, but just a way. What you are thinking is the best. At least I think that. And then the 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 four-year-old in the in the room, Lovro, says, with children, it would be friendship, that they are helping each other and that they're getting along nicely and playing nicely. And then Leon, who's maybe 12, said, everybody has their own ingredients. My ingredient is to listen to what I'm told and then if I'm not told anything I can improvise and Dora the 13 year old had the, the, the amazing one liner is love love for your work so the Benchy Youth Council's thoughts on the secret ingredient in art everything from freedom to enthusiasm and happiness friendship improvisation and love and I think those are all admirable quests no kidding. Yeah. In a way, this question ends up being like, what is your guiding principle in a way? That's right. right? Yeah. So um, really great to get the scope of those those responses. You've been listening to The Secret Ingredient on CFRU 93.3 FM, and we're talking about the Benchy Youth Council and uh, some broader concepts of youth participation in politics. What's uh, next for the Youth Council? What the Youth Council is now, after the summer school, is moving into um, their fall programming and will be doing biweekly or monthly programming. It depends on the, the programming. Um, uh, with a focus each session on a certain historical issue and then um, a certain analysis of it. So this past week, they were in session um, in the ship Gallup, which has a long history in uh, Rijeka. Um, from it, it started its life as a banana boat, was 
co-opted in World War II um, and then became the pre- presidential yacht of Josip Broz Tito. Um, and so it, the city of Rijeka has recently purchased it as a, a heritage vessel and it's now in the harbor. So it's it's got a lot of intersections of culture and politics and um, will be a rich discussion point as the council discusses possible futures for the boat. Um, so the council learned about the history of the boat, and then this weekend they used some cameras to record sound and video, conducting a small research in the streets, um, and asked the other the children of Rieko what they thought, um, their opinions and thoughts about the boat. Um, and they learned from a student artist, Libera Mizan, um, about who had recently done some artwork about the ship. So they're they're getting a couple of different textural components in. And then this week on the 26th, the council is going to convene in the city hall to share and discuss their thoughts and share their videos with a larger group of their peers. So they're getting together a, a bunch of uh, um, other classes uh, of the city to... Uh, to share thoughts and ideas, which I think is great. It's a, it's a bit of outreach, and um, it allows for this kind of advisory role that we're hoping to get from the council. And so then they're super busy, actually. They're very busy, yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's very exciting. Alyssa, you're pulling up some thoughts. Well, should we listen to the Lonely Parade? Yeah, I'd really like that. Um, this is their pinball sessions, and we're going to play a track called Sad Life. Or sad lie, the F is in brackets.
that amazing track was Sad Lie slash Sad Life um, from the Peterborough band Lonely Parade. Their age averages at 17, and uh, they recently played the Peterborough Folk Festival. You can catch them online. There are some amazing videos online. Um, but check out the Pinball Sessions new website, pinballsessions.com. They have a new feature where you can, they have videos and a store and that you can also build playlists. I, there's a really great kazoo mm-hmm. festival playlist that Brad just posted. So check it out, pinballsessions.com and the Lonely Parade. You've been listening to The Secret Ingredient, and I'm Alyssa. I'm Danica. And we'll be back next Wednesday from 9 until 10, and every Wednesday until the dawn of time. Um, <laughs> or the summer more, break, whichever one comes break, first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, for more conversations about how art intersects with life and how it can be meaningful for everyone. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. <laughs> De la moutarde